Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Okay? So if you're going to dive in, dive in the deep end. Okay? Go, go deeper. That's right. And so in 2013, we moved to San Marcos. 2015, we're, this is going quicker than you thought, isn't it? 2015, in August, Lisa found, and I found ourselves in Vacaville, California. And we were at a school of the prophets. And much like our uh, encouraging, our, our prophetic encouragement, we needed courage. And so we went to that and, and we had some people prophesy over us. How many of you have ever been prophesied over? Well, if you hadn't, those who didn't raise their hands, let's get them, okay? Because I promise you, it's not because somebody hadn't wanted to give you a word from God. How many of you know God's speaking? He's, 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 a lot, he's speaking loudly. And we all have the capacity to hear him. You know, I love, I love what Jesus says. He who has ears to hear, that's capacity, let him hear. That's a choice. Okay, and so you just make the choice. I want to encourage you to go to uh, prophetic encouragement. So we're in prophetic encouragement, and these people are prophesying over us. And they said one of the, one of the, one of the first things they said, or as they were speaking, they said, "God is sending a tsunami of goodness to your church." Okay, and then they looked at us and they said, "Are you pastors? <laughs> like it'd be a good good thing." And, and here's the truth. We've been pastors since 1982. But at that point, we were pastors without a church. We were, at, we were pastors of a church that didn't yet exist. Sozo was a couple months away from really being existing, or a month and a half, six weeks, or whatever. So we knew that, that God was going to birth this thing, and so they begin to unpack it. They said, now listen, this tsunami of goodness is going to be so big that it's not going to be contained in a single church. Okay? It's something that's going to be region-wide. I mean, it's going to get your city, but I mean, it's just going to, and it's going to build. It's going to build. They said, this was in 2015. Everybody say 2015. He said, for the next two years, this thing's going to be built, and you'll begin to see pockets of the goodness of God, you begin to see some evidence of revival, okay? 2017, how many of y'all lived through 2017, okay? And he said, in five years from that date, from 2015, in five years, 2020, you are going to see a full-blown tsunami of goodness, of God's goodness, okay? Now, I mean, that, that's something you can hang your hat on, Okay? And can I tell you why you can hang your hat on it? Because we're seeing the pockets. We're seeing the building. Can you, are you feeling the building of the tsunami? You know, the presence of God. And so, and so we began to say, God, what does that look like? Sozo began not long after that, okay, in, in uh, October I think is the, when's our official birthday? October the 4th, 2015. St. Francis Day. We picked it on purpose because we knew that Hugh would know it was St. Francis Day. And so, love St. Francis. All for him. He can join us too if he chooses. I think he's, he's passed, hasn't he? But, so, 
I want to share with you this morning a little bit about what tsunami looks like. You know, we we wanted to see the, uh, we wanted to see revival, but, but can I tell you, more than revival, you know what's really in my heart? It's to see the restoration of normal Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Something that's sustainable, something that's every day, a new normal, that you just live like kingdom people, right? How many of you were here to, to hear here to hear Jack Taylor over the weekend, okay? You know, if you cut Jack Taylor, he's going to bleed the kingdom of God, right? And, and, and he just wet our appetite a little bit. But I want to talk to you this morning about what a kingdom movement looks like. Okay, and I'm going to give you four things just right off, and then I'm going to illustrate them in Scripture, and then we're going to illustrate them through testimony. Is that okay? Okay. So this will be a little different than Steve teaching you line up online kind of deal. It's going to be, Holy Ghost, if you don't show up, we're just wasting some time here. Okay, so, but that's not going to happen. How many of you know that the Word of God is living? His name is Jesus. And, And this written Word of God, this Logos, is going to bring him and his Holy Spirit alive in this place. Four things happen when revival comes. Four things happen when normal Christianity happens. First thing is this, unified intercession, unified prayer. Now, we have all kind of prayer going on here, right? We're going to be praying prophetically for people here in just a minute. We'll have, have lined up prayer here, intercession, whatever your needs are. We like to pray, right? But you know, these guys were interceding for something they didn't even know was going to happen. In the first chapter of Acts, Jesus has stayed 40 days with them after the resurrection, and he's spoken to them about things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And he said, listen, he said, here's what's going to happen. He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But it's not going to just be power to have power. It's going to be power with purpose. You're going to become my witnesses. You know what a witness is? A witness is someone who tells what has happened to them. The word testimony means a record of, a witness, but it also means the the root of that word ehud means to do it again. Do it again. How many of you know that what God did in the early church, he not only wants to do again, but he wants to do with greater intensity and more maturity. Okay? We're not going for the early church. We're going for the mature bride of Christ. Right? We're 2,000 years into this deal. We ought to be beyond just saying, wait, let's see. Okay, so is it old covenant or new covenant? Hey, it's all new covenant. It's all the blood of Jesus. It's all his broken body that we might be whole. Amen? So the early church that Jesus says, look, that's what's going to happen. Now, you guys, and Jesus was ascended. Joe, you preached so good. this. Wasn't that good preaching this morning? And we ascended. We're at his right hand. But he says, listen. This Holy Spirit's coming is going to be very, very real, and it will be the power you need for this movement of the kingdom of God. It's the engine in this whole deal. And so they're praying. The scripture says in, first, in Acts 1, verse 14, they are in continual prayer 
For 10 days, they're together in this upper room, and they're praying. They're waiting for something they don't even know what they're waiting for. How many of you know we don't have a clue what a tsunami of goodness is? Right? But how many of you know it's okay to pray for something you don't know what it is? Can I tell you what? If it, if it has something to do with goodness of God and big force, I'm all for that. Aren't you? And so... They begin to pray. They begin to seek the Lord. Now, now turn with me to Acts chapter 2. We'll kind of look at some things here this morning. Here, the first thing is unified, intentional intercession and prayer. Now, the second thing of revival, now before I get there, let me just, let me tell you what's, is okay if I tell you, testify what's going on in our city? The church in our city doesn't realize it, but we're getting ready. We're preparing for a tsunami of goodness. And God is birthing different things in different people. Aren't you glad we're not all exactly alike? We're not all cookie cutter. We don't all think the same way, whatever. But the church at large has begun to realize that the container for normal Christian revival is prayer. And so we will begin corporately, the body of Christ in this region, the I-35 corridor, to, to steward what God is about to bring for us. And so we have begun something or an initiative called Cover the Corridor. And the idea is to have 24-7 prayer every day of the year for this region. How many of you say, that sounds like a good idea? Continual prayer, waiting for God to do what only God can do. And so what that looks like, next week we'll have some sign-up deal. Each church is asked, who chooses to participate in this, to pick one day of each month, it's the same day, our day will be the third Monday of each month, to fill that up with 24 hours of prayer and intercession for our region for our city and beyond, to see God bring his supernatural demonstration to our region. Anybody here get excited about that? Okay. So I'm going to ask you to pray. They're not going to be, a, we're not going to strong arm anybody. You ask God if, if you would like to be a part of this. We'll have some sign up. We'll, we'll begin to promote it and let, let you know. And it'll begin, our first um, prayer time will be uh, April the 15th. Uh, we'll start on tax day, okay? You, if, you, if you don't think you have anything to pray for, then just come and, we'll, you know, pray, pray for tax day or something, okay? But every, every time we get together, that'll be the idea. We'll actually unleash this thing citywide in May at the National Day of Prayer to say, hey, we want to steward what God is bringing to our city. Amen? Yeah. Second thing, jot this down if, if you're interested, if you want revival, the second thing is supernatural demonstration. Supernatural demonstration. So you remember what happens in Acts. It starts in chapter 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they, all these, these 120 who had been in the upper room, they're all together in one place in one accord. That's unity. God comes, shows up in our unity. Suddenly, a sound they heard a sound like the blowing of a violent wind whoosh, came in. It might have been a tsunami from heaven 
and filled the whole house where they were sitting and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. How many of you think, some of them might have figured out, maybe this is that that we've been praying for. I think the goodness of God is going to manifest itself in so many ways that it, 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 we might just have to create entire services for yay God the whole time, right? And so that's what's happening. The supernatural demonstration of God is happening. The third thing is this, bold proclamation. Peter stands up because everybody's going, what the heck's going on? And some of them are saying in bewilderment, some of them are amazed, some of them are perplexed, some of them are just doubters completely. What does this mean? Some of them made fun of them. They mocked them and said, these guys have had too much communion wine. They, these guys are drunk. Can I tell you, that's not a bad indictment. If, if, if people saw us with such merry hearts that they went, God, what's wrong with those guys? They are so full of joy. Would that be okay? Okay. And so, and so Peter just, boom, he gets up and he says, hey, let me tell you what happens. He begins to quote the, the prophet Joel. In these last days, in, these, in this time now that has begun since the, the, the new covenant is in action before the old ends, in these last days, God's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. He, he's getting all the young ones. He's getting this old ones. Get us while we're sleeping, while you're awake, having visions. He's going to get children. He's going to get everybody. Can I tell you, that sounds like a tsunami of goodness to me. God's going to come and wipe everybody out with his goodness. And can I tell you what? There'll be people who'll say, I don't know. Those Sozoites seem like they might be. <laughs> well, the Hittites, the, you know, they, I don't know. And so... They, they're, they're not going to understand what's going on. Can I tell you what? The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. See, God, God wants to turn the world upside down again, right? And he wants to use us to do it. So Peter is preaching boldly. You know what Peter preaches he basically preaches the new covenant and he preaches the kingdom of God. He preaches the goodness of God. He preaches the power of God. And it says that he preaches there and 3,000 people come to Christ. Now, before I, before I go any further, let's go back to supernatural demonstration. I want to just share some, some stories here. Is it okay if I, if I share some testimonies here? I, I'll share them if you say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. These are some, I'm not going to give a name to them, but if it's you and you want it to be known, you can just stand up. This is, this, these are some college students, I believe. Uh, they, anyway, they sound intelligent like college students, so maybe, maybe that's what it is. Uh, this one said, Friday at the winter retreat, I began to experience intense pain in my right ear. At first, it was nothing more than a headache, but it soon became so intense that I would lose my hearing. Is the person who wrote this one here? You want to stand up? Okay, if we, if we see you? All right. 
Ah, this is Paige. Listen to this. It would come so intense that I'd lose my hearing. I tried to ignore it and pretend it wasn't there. And then that Saturday night, Joel said that there was someone who had pain in the right ear. That, that's a word of knowledge, right? Okay, that, that will give you courage, right? Encouragement, Frederick encouragement. Somebody has a pain in their right ear. Immediately, I got up. I, I got prayer from my ear, and I actually fell out. In the moment where I was laying on the ground, there was warmth that was all over my ear. And I just heard God say, you can hear me again. It was so amazing to feel God's love in such a genuine way. I haven't had any pain in the ear since. Have you had any pain since then? Ears good? Amen. Let's just give it up to the Lord. Is there anybody here who has an ear issue that you're having, having an ear problem? Your ear's been hurting you? Anybody here? Okay, we've got some over here. Paige, would you mind going over there? Take, take somebody with you, and we're going to pray for these folks over here. Grab, grab, grab a partner and, and come on. Do it again, God. Do it again. Okay, I'm going to continue on as she's over. Is that okay if we just like do real life stuff here? Okay. How many of y'all believe that God wants to do it again? Amen. Amen. Here's another one. All right, we got some hands up. right over here. Okay. All right, we're going to we're gonna need to dispatch, dispatch some more over there. Jamie, you get your crew together and we're going to dispatch them. Y'all raise your hands up. I think it's his church, yeah. Amen. All right, I'm going to read another one while they're, while they're doing business, and we're going to hear, hear what God's done. It says, I found myself waking in places of bitterness, pain, and deep sadness, but the root or the underlying issue has always been hopelessness. Hopelessness is always a choice, but hopeless people can oftentimes blame or attribute their hopelessness uh, or hopeless situation to another person or persons. The Lord has been talking to me, is taking me on a journey of removal of the blame I placed on my parents, specifically my dad, as well as other people for some of the hurts and experiences I carried. The Lord helped me to take ownership of these things I actually had chosen for myself. I now understand that I cannot control or be responsible for other people's actions, but I can control and am responsible for my response uh, excuse me, to those actions. Because, if this because of this revelation, I have seen so much breakthrough and restoration in the area of hopelessness. Where there was resentment toward my father, I found understanding and honor for him. Where I felt cheated or I lack when it comes to my childhood, the Heavenly Father has fathered me directly and indirectly through spiritual parents. I'm experiencing and expecting more than what I felt I lost to hopelessness, lack, and disappointment. This is the beginning of stepping out of victimhood into victory. Amen? Come on. Come on. 
I want to tell you, before our time is over, whether it's here at the altar or in our prophetic encouragement time, if that's you and hopelessness is plaguing you, please, please respond this morning. You want to hear another one? All right, all right. I experienced the breakthrough power of God both at the retreat and worship night. This one has a name on it. If that, I'm going to keep reading. If that's you and you want to stand up, you can do that. At the retreat, when we were being prayed for over addictions and lies to be broken, God allowed me to see him walking up to me when I was laying on the floor and rip all the chains that were on my body and completely free, make me completely free from the lies, addictions, past things I've hung on to over the years. Then at the worship night, as we were worshiping, I felt the love of God, my Father, come into my heart, fill me with so much comfort, peace, and joy. Before then, I knew that God loved me, but never fully experienced that love because I had such skewed perception of a father's love for my relationship with my earthly one. And in a moment, I just broke down into tears because I was so overcome by the amount of God's love for me and what I was missing out on from my self walls I had put up around my heart. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Amen. Well, let's just give the Lord a, a hand clap on that one. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Do we have time for one more? Can we do one more? All right. All right. These are good, aren't they? It, this is the way church ought to be when we come together, right? So, last encounter night. How many of y'all feel like you'd like to go to an encounter night now? Okay. Last encounter night, I encountered God. It's a good, good thing to do. In a way I've never had before, I laid on the ground just listening to his voice and asking to be renewed. After that night, I no longer have any memory of past sin from high school, no memory of sexual sin I committed back then. Still to this day, I do not have any memory of it. My mind is at a place of so much peace with myself. Wow. It's honestly like he's given back my virginity. My mind is no longer a place of haunted memories of past mistakes, but instead a place where I hear the voice of God in a place of communication with him. He continues to reveal his goodness to me every day with the fruit of the Spirit, and I recently fell out in the Spirit by myself. <laughs> Come on now. By simply asking him for more joy. I am at a place of such joy, peace, and freedom, a place I haven't been in at a very long time. God is so good. How, how are we doing on the people who got prayed for? Hugh, how are we doing? Amen. 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 That's good. That's good. Who, who else was prayed for? 
How are we doing over here, Joyce, Norman? You're blessed. <laughs> blessed is, is, is better than the alternative. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to keep praying through. If, if you need more prayer, we're going to come up and, and have prayer afterwards as well. Now, I want to go back over those, those four things with you very quickly. The first thing that happens is unified, intentional prayer. Coming together saying, God, we need you. Prayer is a position of humility and trust. Of saying, God, your grace comes when I humble myself. And God, whenever I repent and I turn to you and I link up and align with you and trust you, you do what only you can do. The second thing is supernatural demonstration. And I want to encourage what we do regularly. Yay, God. Testify of God's goodness. Tell somebody what he has done. The third thing is bold proclamation of the kingdom of God. Let people know about the kingdom of God. There's a reason why Jesus spent 40 extra days showing and telling about the kingdom of God. And the last thing I want you to see, and it's not the last, but you see these four things over and over and over. If you read through the first, I mean, virtually every chapter in Acts, I could take you through more, I will not. The fourth thing is this, bunches of salvations, city transformation. In the first whack, the Bible says that the, Isra- the fellow Israelites were cut to the heart And 3,000 people cried out to Peter, what must we do? And Peter said, you're going to have to repent and be baptized. Repent, align with God, change your whole way of thinking, and then identify with him through what Joel said, that bridal picture of saying, I'm dead my old life, I'm now part of the bride of Christ. To tell the whole world I belong to Jesus. To uh, have common union with him in regularity. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you have been water baptized in the last two months? Can I see you? Okay, just look around. Okay. How many of you have baptized somebody in the last few months? Okay. I, th- I think you might be getting it. How many of you would like to hear a little bit about what city transformation looks like in San Marcos? Okay. I've invited Lauren Lowry to come and share. She, she's lived here all her life. Come on up, Lauren. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. How many of you know that San Marcos is God's city? And he has chosen this place and time for us to live in it. You are in this city for a reason. And this is God's city. He's appointed you to be in this place in this time. And I grew up here in San Marcos. Um, I was born the year that Steve and Lisa got married. And uh, <laughs> two weeks later, my parents moved to San Marcos um, from Houston. And um, 
went to the hill country, and then they were in San Marcos when I was three. Um, but so I've grown up in this city, and I've seen this city change over the years. And it is an amazing city. And for a long time, I wanted to leave it. And I wanted to go somewhere else because I thought there's, there's better places out there, you know, because I had seen the ugly here also. And, um, but God has kept me here, and I have fallen in love with this city. And this city was um, founded in 1846 along the banks of the river. And it is believed to be uh, one of the among the oldest continuously inhabited sites in the Americas. This area is one of the longest inhabited sites in America because of the springs. They have found artifacts at the river that date back like forever ago. Those springs have never run dry. Let me tell you that this city is sourced with a resource that never runs dry. And I believe that is a picture of God in this city. He pours into the city, and he has been pouring into the city, and it has never run dry. And I want to say that San Marcos is not a dry place. It is not a dry place. It actually is a place that brings life. Um, and every time I think of this city, I think of a city on a hill cannot be hidden. I don't know if you've driven down I-35 lately, but you, like, look up on the hill, and you're like, there's no way you can hide that city. I mean, you, like, look up, and it's like this bright shining light up on this hill and that is San Marcos this is a city that cannot be hidden literally because it's on a hill and so because that is its geography how it looks we have called our destiny is to be a bright light to the nations this is to be a place where kingdom comes and we send out people into the nations it is to be a bright light I want to say the kingdom has come and is coming in this city. There's a shift in identity for this city. And I think the university is leading the charge in it in a lot of ways. I think over the years, it has been known as a party school. And a few years ago, they changed the name of it. And they called it Texas State, which gave it a new name and a new identity as the rising star of Texas. It is now the rising star of Texas and, um, and I see just how um, the university is making connections in the city. Currently, I'm a part of a research group, and I don't know how I ended up on this thing. It's a total God thing, because I'm a creative, and I don't really understand research terms. But I sit on this research team, um, and the goal of it is to create a resource for um, to uh, to support nonprofit and after-school programs, faith-based and non-faith-based programs, um, like in after-school programs and churches, to put STEM-based like curriculum into these organizations to see underrepresented kids um, step into STEM-based careers, so science, technology, engineering, mathematics. And they recognize that underrepresented children don't often step into these careers. So the university actually has a research team that's being led by a spirit-filled, kingdom-minded woman who wants to see transformation in this city. And so it is happening. God is mobilizing his people through the university to transform the city. Because how many of you know that resource is huge? The university is huge. And we have so many assets by having the university. And God is doing it. He's mobilizing his people. 
And um, in the San Marcos School District, um, there are over, has over 50% of its students living at or under the poverty line. So in the city, there's a big contrast between the university and people in San Marcos. And so there's over 50%, over 50% living at poverty, poverty or under poverty. And so I think there's a huge call to lift people out of poverty. And it is not just financial poverty. It's mental poverty. It's emotional poverty. It's relational poverty. And, and, and to break lack in the mindset in the city. Because the truth about the city is that we have a source that never runs dry. We're actually really wealthy. We actually have access to all of heaven. So there should not be a reason for lack. And so I see God mobilizing his people with that mindset to see this city change, to lift people out of poverty so that they can step into their destiny, to be world changers, to be world impactors, to see people step into all that they were created to be. San Marcos is becoming a place where people want to raise their families and retire to. It's not a place where people are running from anymore. When growing up, my story always was people were pulling their kids out of our schools and moving to other cities because they don't want the influence of it. And I want to say it's not fully there, but I see it shifting. I see it shifting. I see leaders in the school district saying, we're going to be a light on a hill. I want to see transformation in our city, and I'm going to be the one to stand and, and bring that transformation. And I see our church. It is being mobilized in the most amazing ways. I see our university students who have said, this is my campus. This is not just a place to be used, and, and, then, and then I move away, but this is actually a place to be stewarded. I'm here for this amount of time, so I'm going to steward where I'm at. And so we're seeing university students just love on the campus like crazy, just evangelizing. I have people texting me saying, I want to know how to, like, pray for people, and I want to know how to heal people. So when I'm walking down the quad, I can just lay hands on people, and they're healed. And we see university students just befriending friends in class and helping them out of hopelessness. We see our people serving in the schools here, serving the teachers, serving the classrooms, uh, university students, spending time with junior high and high school students, um, just imparting hope to them. And we see um, our people having influence with city officials and, and culture influencers in our city. And um, I had uh, this influencer in the city a few weeks ago knock on my front door and uh, they were handing out something and they said how long have you li uh, we've lived in our house for 10 years I've seen this person in my neighborhood for 10 years and they said how long have you lived here and I was like well me and my husband 10 years you know they said well I've just begun noticing you and I'm like I know <laughs> I know God is so good because that's what he's doing He's like setting his people apart, and he's, and he's moving us in front of people that maybe didn't notice us before, but they're noticing us. And I don't even know what it is. Like, I'm not doing anything different. I'm just living my life, following Jesus, letting his kingdom come in my personal life, letting his kingdom come on my property, and people are noticing it. 
And we're also seeing our prophetic and um, our prophetic teams. It's just really cool. They've started making appointments with business, local business owners to go in to pray for and prophesy over their business. So we're seeing our people mobilize into businesses to, to, to start imparting kingdom identity into businesses because we know that it's in businesses where people exist. They go into restaurants and coffee shops and they're in the banks and they're in stores. What if all those places were bright lighthouses for Jesus? What if your business was a kingdom place that actually whenever people stepped in, they literally felt the kingdom presence fall on them? Because I, I know that I've stepped into places where I'm like, oh, man, I don't feel peace. I don't feel rest. I feel really insecure in this place. I'm actually kind of feeling afraid. I know you've probably felt that. What if our businesses were those places where people stepped in and they're like, I just walked in and I feel inspired. I feel peace. I actually want to know more about God just by being in this place, and I don't know why. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I see that that is what God is doing in this city because this city has a massive destiny on it. It is a massive wave of goodness that God has, and not just for this city. He wants to send it out all into the world. And so God is on the move. God is on the move in this city. So God, let it happen in us. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven in this city. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. Amen. I mean, he is fitting us. He's preparing us for greatness in our city. But he's also wanting to fit us where he wants us to be. He's not only making us fit, he's fitting us. Amen. And so I just want to pray release over you. And then I'm going to invite you to come and to receive whatever it is you need this morning. Father, I'm just asking you to release intercessors from this church, in this church, to intentionally, continually pray for our city and this region, Lord. Father, I'm asking you to release people into their placement in this city, God, that they would find their mountain and they would, they would possess it and inhabit it and bring the kingdom with them everywhere they go. Lord, we pray for housewives, to businessmen, to people with political influence, to students in education and across the board, Lord. Wherever there is love, God, give us your favor. And Lord, may we carry your kingdom and your goodness with us. Lord, we want to be a free people. We want to be whole and holy. And so, Lord, I ask this morning, God, whatever need, whatever baggage, whatever stuff we're carrying that we just need to lay down, we lay it down. And, God, that hope would just fill that void of hopelessness. God, that shame would be obliterated at the freedom of the cross. So come, Holy Spirit, minister as only you can to your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask all of our prayer folks if you would come forward and uh, let's stand to our feet to worship and, and just come and receive. Thank you.